Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 2017's Mother, directed by Darren Aronofsky and starring Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem. This is Dudes on Demand, and this request came from Sarah in Annapolis. This came on uh, Facebook. She posted on our page. One of us do Mother! It has an exclamation mark <laughs> at right. the end. So, uh, But before we talk about this, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Um, so Shudder has pretty much just loaded most of John Carpenter's films up into its interface, and uh, so I watched The Fog. Oh, I haven't seen that in a long time. It's still good. Since it's still I was really a good. kid, mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't have been watching oh, it. Oh, yeah, you shouldn't have been watching that as a kid. <laughs> but you get, like, Adrian Barbeau doing doing some good stuff in here, and she's, she's really awesome in the movie, and mm-hmm. I really like Hal Holbrook as well. Oh, uh, yeah. As the priest who's, like, you know, uh, guarding that secret, and, you know, it turns out that the whole town is a lie based on, you yeah. know, thievery from, from a leper colony and whatever happens in this thing. And, yeah. Yeah, I... <laughs> I've been wanting to watch it again for a long time now. Like the last five years, I've just been itching to watch The Fog, and I haven't. Oh well, yeah, you definitely should. And 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 you know, it's cool just to see like all of a sudden recently. I just not not only has John Carpenter's films been uploaded, but like I'm just like seeing pictures of John Carpenter everywhere and like images of him. And so I, huh. when you first start The Fog, there's John Carpenter cleaning up the church. You know, <laughs> really? yeah, he's just there. Is he you smoking? Know. He's not smoking. Oh, okay. Amazingly, the only time in his life he hasn't had a cigarette in his hand. <laughs> but yeah, and he, you know, but but I, it's just a good movie. And, you know, any of John's movies, of course, you're going to have a great time with. But The Fog, yeah. Oh, wow. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds good. I watched a terrible, terrible movie. Okay. I, I'm, I'm apologizing. I've been doing a lot of kind of subpar shit lately. But uh-huh. I have to talk about this. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. It's the sequel to the 90s Mortal Kombat film, uh-huh. which is so bad it's good. Yeah. Mortal Kombat Annihilation is so bad it's bad. This <laughs> is an abomination. <laughs> the, uh, the story is crap. Uh-huh. The acting is sub-crap. Yeah. The special effects are terrible. The co- karate is terrible. Even the karate's bad? The, it's bad. It's all these fast cuts and you don't see anything happening. Except for maybe a couple times. Okay. God, it sucks. Okay. Talk about bad CGI. Yeah. This is the worst. The worst. And they use it a lot. It's terrible. Plus, you you kick Christopher Lambert out as Raiden and get James Remar. How the fuck? <laughs> what the? F- and, dude, it's terrible. And halfway through the movie, I'm going to spoil it for you, folks. James Remar, as Raiden, decides to give up his powers as a god, and he comes out looking, like, terrible. He's like Nick Hexum from 311, this oh, bleached, oh, no, like, no, spiky no. hair. That oh, is, oh, wow. It's really bad. It's really terrible. Never watched this. They should have just made him look like Ajax from the Warriors. Oh, definitely. You know, that, that would have been, Why you already just, had James. <laughs> just bring back his Warriors character. Exactly, and, yes. And you're done. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Never watch Mortal Kombat Annihilation, ever. Right. Okay, I promise I got a couple movies lined up. I'll do some better stuff. Yes. I promise. All right. All right. So let's talk about Mother, Dave. Why don't you give everyone a synopsis? Okay. Well, this is the hardest synopsis I've ever given, you know, mainly because Mother is such hey, an insane film. what's film. Mother about? Yes, exactly. <laughs> let's tell everybody. What we're going to get into in the episode is all of the stuff that's going on behind the stuff you're seeing. And um, so, yes, but but essentially, if you wanted to just put this plot on a piece of paper, you have a a woman and a man living together in a country farmhouse. Uh, The man is an artist, you know, a poet, and uh, the woman is his wife. And uh, we get into the dynamic of what it's like when an artist lives with uh, someone who is not an artist Mm -hmm. and all of the complications that ensue from that. Mm -hmm. And now... Here's That's the, the episode. top level. Exactly. <laughs> because there, there, there's so much other, you know, so, so many things to, to, to analyze. And, and this is probably going to be one of the, the, the stranger episodes you've ever heard. Yeah. I'm, this is, this is the, one of the strangest movies we've ever done. I oh, I say. agree. It probably is the strangest It definitely movie. is the Have strangest. Have we done anything crazier than this? No. No. This is a surreal nightmare of a film. Yeah. Uh, and I wish I had more time to watch it again and to just read about it mm-hmm. and stuff like that, because man, I don't, I don't even know where we're gonna go with this or what's right. gonna happen. <laughs> Me, exactly. Is, I don't even know what you think yet. We we don't talk about this before the show because we want it all to be real and live and stuff. So. Yes. What did you think of the film overall? I guess 
there's a lot to praise and a lot to criticize. Okay. And I would agree. Yeah. And which is which is kind of a hallmark of most of Aronofsky's movies. Yeah, definitely. You know, he he's he's his movies are always interesting. What, what no matter what you think of them. Yeah. And I've seen almost all his films. Yeah, me too. And and I've seen I've, I've seen Pi the most of, of, right. of them because I, I just have always felt like that was the best one. Um, mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it was a, it was his debut, so I know he would probably disagree with with my assessment. Yeah. But um, I've just always found that the most rewatchable. But but this one, it, I, I think it's it's probably my I don't want to say it's my favorite since Pi, but but it's the one where I was the most engaged. Okay. You know where, where I just was. I, I was I was the most interested I'd been in for in a long time for his movies. It's definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. And the whole time you're watching it, it's kind of puzzling. You have no clue what's really happening. Right. It just seems kind of like this hyper reality. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's presented right away as kind of a unreal thing. Oh with yeah. Like the 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 movie opens with a burnt house and a lady who's on fire, and then all these ashes everywhere, and the house is destroyed, and then. Javier Bardem puts a crystal like in this little holder thing and the house starts to come back together. Just starting the movie that way makes it weird, you know, like uh-huh. and then Jennifer Lawrence comes out of the ashes and wakes up and it just starts like so is, is that just an artistic touch to, you know, present something to you or is it just the house really is burnt? Like, what does this mean even like? You and won't... even at the end, it's like, well, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're not able to, like, connect that tissue until the yeah. end. Well, it's kind of cool because it's, like, a, a foreshadowing thing. Like, all right, so does the house burn down eventually? You find out, like, the house did burn down and Jennifer Lawrence has been fixing it for Javier Bardem this yes. whole time. Yes. And the characters have no names. They're just, I think her name's Mother. Her and name his is Mother. Name, his name's Father? His name is Art him. the Poet. Oh, it's, it's him? Yes. Okay. And him is capitalized. That's, right. a, that's an important detail. That is, because there's a lot of very Christ-like stuff happening uh-huh. in this movie. Right. Um, and Mother is capitalized, right? It is not. It's not? Right. It's oh, the opposite. Oh, yes. okay. Uh, it's Mother with an exclamation point. Um, okay. You know, and, and Lowercase Mother yeah. with an exclamation mark. Um, okay. <laughs> and then there's two characters named Man and Woman. Have we ever discussed characters' names and phonetics this deeply in a film? We have never. We've only done it for 20 seconds. It 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 has never happened, and it probably never will again. The importance of their names. Yeah. Holy crap. (laughs) And I think for for the purposes of this episode, I think it would be easier on everybody if we just called them by the actors. That's what I'm planning on doing. Okay. Because there's no way to keep it straight. Right. Um, So then, I guess... How are we going to approach this? We're just going to go through what's happening yeah, like sure. normal and mm-hmm. then just kind of go off from there? Yeah. So Jennifer Lawrence wakes up. She's looking for Javier Bardem. Uh, she can't find him anywhere. She's walking through this big, huge, empty like country farmhouse yeah. estate almost. Mm-hmm. It's a gorgeous house, right. man. This it is, thing is oh, awesome. Man, I know. It's so cool. It's where I want to live, man. Yes. That is a nice house. It's better than Xanadu. Oh, yeah, dude. Um, So he like comes up behind her and is like, oh, I was just outside thinking Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and it turns out, like, they're there alone in this giant house. And eventually we learn, like, they want kids or he doesn't or she doesn't or something. I can't it's, really... It's kind of... Yeah. It? It, 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 comes, it comes into play whenever they start having their interactions with Michelle Pfeiffer and, and Ed Harris. Yeah. That's Re- when it really comes out. Yeah. Soon after this, like, we, we see he's, like, having a dry spell in writing his books and his poems and stuff yeah his writer's he's block. a starving artist not mm-hmm. starving writer's block yeah. yeah and she's just kind of there taking care of him right which is that's what she does in the whole movie she's there serving him basically and she even says later like you don't love me you love how much i love you that's right that, which is a great line oh i really like that it's so awesome because who hasn't felt something like that so you really get a sense of their dynamic pretty quick especially when ed harris shows up yeah and michelle pfeiffer uh, they kind of just intrude into their house, and Javier Bardem's very, like, accepting of them. Mm-hmm. Like, here's these strangers that have shown up to your house in the middle of fucking nowhere, in the middle of the night, and they just come in. And and your husband just lets them come in, and he's really pleased that they're there. He's not scared or anything or mm-hmm. worried about his wife or what this right. guy might do. He's just like, oh, these people are here, yes. And he's He's so overjoyed. Yeah. As we see throughout the movie, it gets worse and worse. He becomes more, like, self-obsessed with this. Mm-hmm. Like, what it does for him, it makes him feel accepted or wanted. Mm-hmm. It, it's like the self-righteousness he gets. 
Yes. Um, and Jennifer Lawrence is just pushed to the side. Uh, she resents his interaction with these people and just his like overjoyousness of being around them. He even says at one point, like, it's nice to meet people who appreciate my art. And it really cuts her deep because she's like, I love your poems and stuff. And he's like, oh, yeah, of course you do. Oh, my God. That, that one, I, I have that line exactly written down. I, I love your work. And he says, of course you do, in a really patronizing way. You know, uh-huh. which, is, which is like, I mean, the, the person who loves you the most and who you are supposed to love the most because you've made a, a, a marriage vow to them, the, 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 them loving your work should be all the food you need as an artist. Exactly. And it, unfortunately, you know, most artists, that, that isn't enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's, it's just like, uh, I don't know. It's like the, the, <laughs> the, this poet-muse relationship is very complicated, you know. That's a good way to put it. Oh, God. This it, isn't it, his wife. No, no. It's just someone who is, like, especially, like, um, in terms of, just for the purposes of this movie, a male artist and, a, and, a, and, and the woman who loves him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I've seen this so often. I just in life and in fiction and and it's always it's always the same. I mean like the, the, this guy is just this arrested adolescent mm-hmm. who like even though he was blessed with intelligence, he can't really understand what 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 human interaction is supposed to be and he needs to like have someone who's always giving him real humanity in order to make him uh inspired to put it down on paper mm-hmm. in a real surface way. Isn't that weird though too because what he writes is things of that nature. Of course. But he can't feel that or express that himself. Yes. That's so odd. It know? is. It is. It's kind of like like Crumb. When we did the yes. movie on Crumb, he puts all these ideas and things on the paper that everyone can feel and relate and, to, and relate to mm-hmm. but he can't do that as a person. He has to put it on a page. You know? I guess it's the only way he it, can feel human. I'm sure it happens to a lot of artists. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you've kind of touched on it and we're going to be all over the place here. Like that kind of is what happened behind the scenes of the movie too. Yeah. Because Jennifer Lawrence was dating Darren Aronofsky yes. during the filming of this movie. That's right. And then they like broke up after it was over. Uh-huh. Like, was she inspiring him to create this art? Like that's, it's fucking weird. <laughs> This is the weirdest thing, and there's so many levels to it. Like you <laughs> yeah. said, this other thing of, of Jennifer Ugh. Lawrence and Darren Aronofsky, but it's like it, it's 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 so much in the film because we we know about it, and mm-hmm. like and I know that like in 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 seeing the way the way that those two people kind of go about in the world, Aronofsky is is this serious auteur, and he really kind of fancies himself that yeah. way. Mm-hmm. I mean, in interviews, he, he's he's a you know. He's an artist, so he's a pretentious person, uh-huh. and he puts on a lot of airs. Whereas you watch Jennifer Lawrence interviewing Kim Kardashian <laughs> and and just like really enjoying life she's, and kind of she's you know, like a free spirit. She is. She's a goofball, and, and, and she just, she doesn't care exactly. While she's also a serious artist, she is a good artist. And yes. she, but she doesn't take herself nearly as seriously as as you know her contemporaries or Darren Aronofsky. And watching her interact with Javier Bardem, mm-hmm. who is. I, I've seen him, I'm so impressed with him in this because he's actually a lot more like Jennifer Lawrence in real life too. Yeah, he's he, cool. He, he's just a good guy. He, he, he really, he's blessed with this, you know, amazing talent, but he does not consider himself, you know, like above us. Right. And, and he's totally generous about, about being interviewed and, and mm-hmm. talking about things while, while, while not praising himself, just like Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. I remember when we did Gladiator, I looked up like his response to the Oscars. Yeah. Like that whole thing. He's like, why do you even care that I lost? I didn't play in Gladiator. Like, <laughs> he's like, who cares? You yes. know, like, it's yes. not a big deal to him. It's not a contest. No. You know, he's just here working and having fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's strange how that, all that goes into this movie too. Yeah. And I kind of wish we didn't even know about that stuff. Oh, I know. You know, because that's affecting how we're viewing the art itself. It it, do, it it does affect the experience of it, certainly. I don't think it does it too much, right. but it does. Like we're it affects it enough to where we're talking about it on our show. Yeah. So um yeah, we'll try not to talk about it too much going forward. Yeah, this yeah, yeah, that's because I want to talk about the movie. Because the movie's got a lot of there's enough to talk about with this there, movie. There's more than enough material in here, yes. Yes. Oh god. Um so yeah, yeah. they're 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 invaded, I guess, in some ways. Their 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 tranquility is disturbed. They're intruded uh, upon. By Ed Harris, who just happens upon their their door. You know um, what? I want Ed Harris to come to my door <laughs> with a flask of scotch and stay the night. That's what I want. If he just starts doing like Glengarry uh, scenes, you know, <laughs> then if he asks for coffee. Oh my I'm gonna god! I'm going to tell him oh no. Oh my god! Coffee's for closers. <laughs> 
I'm going to drop an F-bomb and tell them it's for closers. That's right. <laughs> You're such a hero. You're so rich. Yeah. What are you doing wasting time with such a bunch of bums? We need to do that movie. Oh, we're we'll, doing we'll, the We'll Glenn do that Gary movie. We'll do it, yeah. folks. Yeah. All right. But yeah, he shows up, and then this all this stuff we've already kind of touched on is happening. And then his wife shows up, Michelle Pfeiffer, the next day, and Jennifer Lawrence is already kind of not feeling this, mm-hmm. not wanting it, and then... She shows up and starts just intruding and being f- very forward with her. Yeah. Saying, like, why don't you have kids? Oh, my God, it's because you have your underwear is not sexy. Are you even trying? Oh, my God. What's wrong with him? Is he seeing another woman? Blah, blah, blah. Just degrading Jennifer Lawrence and yes. talking down to her the whole time. And you just been in this house for four hours? It's that, God. oh god I know and, and and that's what happens with everyone who comes to this yes, house though everyone is is hostile to her mm-hmm. you know um and and Michelle especially you know whenever she has this, she does this great thing that that I started to like kind of relate to real life situations when mm-hmm. when someone is like talking out of school to you and being like really kind of rude and and uh, intruding upon your life and getting personal with you and mm-hmm. then it comes to the, they, they get to the point where they realize that you are not really feeling this and then they go but I shouldn't say anymore yeah I fucking hate that shit me too uh, it because it's like no please continue just and just keep going because you know you want to Michelle Pfeiffer does it so well Ooh, when man. they're doing laundry down yeah. there yeah because she's about to say if he's not all over you Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> Then he's probably seeing someone else. That's what she's about to say. But she stops herself. And it's like, oh, I shouldn't say it. And takes a swig of her vodka lemonade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because she brings her lemonade. You're thinking, oh, that's a nice thing. Yeah. No, of course it's spiked. She, she like stumbles in there. Uh, you can tell she's already drunk or of something. Course. <laughs> of course. Of course. She's old lush. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> Who does that? Per- she does it perfectly in this movie. It like, was so great to see so her again. good. Yeah, I haven't seen her in anything in a while. She, she had taken a lot of time Even off. Even Ed Harris, I haven't really seen in a while. I mean, I know that Ed Harris is a stage guy, primarily. Okay. He, you know, he, he's he's like really devoted to the theater, but Michelle, I mean, she, she's been Hollywood royalty for her whole life. It was like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to take 15 years off, and then I'm going to appear in the weirdest <laughs> film I can, you know? That's an awesome choice. Oh, and then you know who else shows up? Domino Gleason, our boy. That's right. God, he shows up in this yes. movie. Hell yeah. And it, I think his brother is <laughs> his in it, His kid too. brother is here. That's awesome. Yeah. And they play brothers in the movie. Yeah. So after a, a day or something of this Michelle Pfeiffer crap going on, <laughs> and Jennifer Lawrence getting more and more agitated and bothered by all this, but she won't speak up. She won't speak no. up. Not, 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 not really. I mean, like she, she has a, she has a way of like kind of getting in Michelle's face just here and there, like little, little trespasses. Like she tells Ed Harris not to smoke in the house. Uh-huh. Um, she, she kind of gives a little bit of lip to Michelle when, when she gets really out of like, yeah. um, she's trying to be like a nice, um, like host. Yeah. Ho- you know? Good hostess. Yeah. Right. But while like trying to uphold her rules and the way she wants things, but not like trying to offend them. Right. Which that's not gonna work. That's I know. Not gonna work. And and like when Domnall's little brother comes in, the first thing he says to Jennifer Lawrence is "nice view." When he's like looking oh, at her, fuck that her, guy, Brian Gleason. Brian Gleason. Name. Yeah. Um. I mean, he's just like the the, the most. And I mean, he he's one of, of of several male characters in this movie who are just you know the the mm-hmm. the most. Uh, the people who you'd never want to meet in life. Oh, you know, there's and, a lot of terrible people in this movie. Yes. <sighs> right. So, so they get in a fight over the will, Ed Harris's will, mm-hmm. and Domino Gleason ends up killing his brother in their house with a doorknob. Yeah, it's pretty gross, yep. pretty brutal. Just beats him to death with a with a, with a doorknob. Yep. Uh, so and it's right in front of Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. She's like trying to chase them, like saying, "No, stop! Don't do this!" Stop. Right. And uh, the cinematography is pretty good in the movie too. It, it's that really like kind of in your face really close to the actors, especially Jennifer Lawrence. It's like always really close to her and either following her or like leading in front of her. Yeah. Like watching her, like from her shoulders up, like her, what her looking at everything happening around her. Right. So we're like in this lost space, just like her. And, uh, it's, it's so, do you know who shot it? I can't remember. Uh, Matthew Liberty. Okay. But it's great. Mm -hmm. So he also shot pie. Oh, wow. Sweet. Mm hmm. But yeah, it's really good. And so we get a sense of like this craziness and not knowing what's going on with this. Right. And she's chasing them through the house and then Domhnall Gleeson just bashes this dude and kills him. And then Javier Bardem helps them all go to the hospital. Domhnall flees into the woods because he knows he's just basically murdered his brother. Right. So then Javier takes this corpse. He's not dead yet, but takes this kid and 
Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer, and they all go to the hospital, and he leaves Jennifer Lawrence there by herself. And it's important to note that before this fight goes down, something really important happens, where Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer, that 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 little bauble that you mentioned earlier, oh, the crystal, yeah, that, yeah, that's sitting on that. that Javier Bardem. This is right before this. Yes. Yeah. It's his most prized possession, and he, he doesn't he doesn't even let anybody touch it. It's the only thing that survived the fire, he mm-hmm. says. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we hear a, something glass break, and they go upstairs, and it turns out that Michelle Pfeiffer and Ed Harris have busted it. Right. They've been trying to get in there the whole time and like look at it. Yes. Uh, and Ed Harris, he showed up at the house because he's a huge fan, apparently, mm-hmm. and he like lied at first and then they find out he's a huge fan he's dying that's why he came here right he needed to meet you know javier bardem before he died yes um and this is i i guess if if you you don't even need to look too hard to when domino gleason kills his brother what the allegory is uh we we now know that we are somehow in the garden of eden and uh domino gleason is cain uh the little brother is abel <laughs> um and i guess javier bardem is god uh, because him, yeah, yes. maybe. <laughs> um, and and he's he's really upset, and Cain flees because he's he's slayed his brother. Yeah. Um, and I guess Michelle Pfeiffer and Ed Harris are Adam and Eve because they got the they got the crystal, which I guess represents the the fruit of knowledge. Maybe. Yeah. And um, yeah, and 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 they, as as soon as as soon as Javier Bardem finds out that that they that they uh, did did what they did that they busted it, he casts them out. He tells them to get out. Right. Yeah. Um, You're no longer in paradise here. That's right. You're gone. And Jennifer Lawrence even says they're trying to build a paradise when she's she fixing up the house. She mm-hmm. says that to Michelle Pfeiffer. Right. That's what we're trying to do here. Yep. Yeah. But that's it gets destroyed. Yeah. Which leads into a major allegory. You know, people destroying. What's around them? <laughs> I mean, and and that that they're that they're this like awful the to human you know, race. Yeah, the human race. All, all they do, like they, they they come into someone's house, they come into someone's space, and they they take what they want. They 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 don't give anything back. Um, the the way they the way everybody is to Jennifer Lawrence in this movie. Yeah, there's open hostility, but there's also just abuses everywhere. Yeah, they're not listening to her. Um, she she's pleading with people to 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 stop doing what they're doing, and and they just they they completely disregard everything she says, and they don't even know who she is. Yep, they don't even know this is her house. They right. don't even know she's married to Javier Bardem. Right, they don't care. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> would okay. So I've read Darren Aronofsky has said. <laughs> This is a movie about climate change. Mm. Have you read that? Uh, yeah, I read that too. So I can kind of see where he's going with that. Right. I wouldn't say it's just climate change, but it's the way the human race disrespects the earth. Yes. Something like that. I can see that in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of wish I didn't know that while I watched the movie, though. Oh, you saw you read it before? I, I, I saw it in passing, okay. like when the movie first came out. Oh, I and see. And then uh, I heard something about it, so I, it was in the back of my mind while I watched it. Okay. Like, okay, so... Kind of makes sense if he's going for that. It, it's a good representation of it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it? There's something else it's representing, maybe. Well, I mean, I I think that all of these things, all of these theories that surround it, can can all be. These are all good interpretations. Yeah, you know. I think there's multiple ways to take this. Yes. Definitely. And the climate change aspect is there because if if we're if we're to believe that like Jennifer Lawrence just represents Mother Earth. Yeah. You know. Um. Then then the 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 trotting upon you know, all yeah. of her stuff and all of her by these people, mm-hmm. you know, then, then yes, of course, uh, climate change is, is a, and you know, it, coming from Aronofsky himself, I'm, I, e- even when an art, even when a, a filmmaker um, says, this is what something's about, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to, you know, perceive it that way. Right. I prefer not to hear mm-hmm. what the artist was trying to do. Absolutely. I, I really prefer Cause I've seen things before and I really liked it. And then I, I learn what it's about, and I'm like, oh, that fucking sucked. <laughs> like, yeah. that, that happened with a song I like. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I I read about what the, the guitarist said, what it's about, and I'm I'm like, wait, you just said literally, like, the lyrics of the song. Yeah. That's what it is. Right. It's just a story about some dude or whatever. Yeah. It's not a meaning of something else. There's no deeper meaning to your lyrics <laughs> that I interpreted myself. You were just writing this dumb, dumb story. And they're almost like yeah. critical of you for taking that deeper yeah. meaning, you know, and, and, and you, you feel kind of like, like shit upon by them for, for having, for yeah, having more imagination. Yeah. yeah. 
it's the same as like, and that's why I've always kind of been okay with David Chase not giving away the like the, the ending of The Sopranos was very controversial. It was, yeah. And he he's just like he he goes on record as saying, I no, d- d- I'm not telling you what it is. Mm-hmm. Mainly because like, that that's a really like I'm like oh what an asshole. But now I think about it more, <laughs> and I'm just like actually that kind of is the perfect response, you know. Um, and if he told you, what would you say? You'd be like. Fuck! Exactly! God. I'd be pissed off yeah. all the more because it wasn't as awesome or as deep as I thought it was. Yep. And so so let let me uh, read, <laughs> you know, 20,000 word essays online about what it's, you know, <laughs> I'd much rather do that than or hear what David says. Or write one. Yes, write one or yourself. write one myself. Right. <laughs> that's, <duh. laughs> it's good art. Yes. It's good art. Yes. That's what, that's what good art is supposed to do. So after all this happens, uh, he comes back from the hospital and tells her that... You know, he died in his arms and stuff. The younger brother. The younger brother had died mm-hmm. while he was holding his hand or yes. something. And then, uh, what happens right now? Do they all sh- show up for a funeral service? Yeah, that's when, like, Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer come back, and then they have, like, some people with them. And he said, and Javier says, you know, yes, I, I've asked them to, to have some friends and family over. Right, they had nowhere else to go, Right, is what he said. It um, starts out with, like, six people. Yeah, a couple people show up with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the last 30 minutes of the movie or whatever... Even since the beginning, since they first showed up, Jennifer Lawrence has been asking Javier to make these people leave. Yeah. The whole time. She mm-hmm. keeps saying, like, these people need to leave. We don't even know them. Like, and they're acting weird. Mm-hmm. She And she can't even express how badly she wants them to go. Right. Maybe she's afraid to say it because Javier seems so enthusiastic about it. She wants to let him you know, have these people because he enjoys it and he wants it, but she can't handle it mm-hmm. herself. Right. But she's afraid to hurt his feelings, I guess. So more and more people start showing up. Like the dozens of people show up to their house, just keep piling in for this funeral <laughs> service. <laughs> that the it's, house it's just like, fills. It's just like a, a dinner after a wake or something. Yes. You know, that's what it is. There's, they start out just having like little speeches and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then more and more people show up with food and drinks. And it's like a party almost. Well, one, <laughs> one guy walks in with like, like something with sterno candles underneath it and everything. It's, mm-hmm. it's like a full like takeout spread. Yeah. And like, and people are getting, I guess, it starts out with Javier like making the, doing this grief poetry speech uh-huh. uh, that, that, that's very affecting and it's and a very good speech. You know, and you're like, oh, okay, wow. That's what I'd want someone to say when I die. I mean, if <laughs> you, you know? if you got a poet at your wake, then then it's a missed opportunity <laughs> if you don't have them speak. Yes, you know. Um, and this is the first instance to where things just get really absurd. Yeah, because it's always it's been strange, mm-hmm. but it's not unreasonable to think these two strangers show up. Right. And maybe bring like four extra people with them yeah. for a funeral thing, and because Ed Harris had had explained that he was his situation, how he was a dying, he was dying, and he wanted to really meet Javier Bardem because yeah, he like, was a great fan of his work. It's not entirely unbelievable, right? But when these one hundred extra people show up, bringing in you know trays of food, yeah. and just random shit, that. It gets weird. Yes. It's like, this is fucking weird. And you immediately feel the, the surreality of the, yeah. the situation. Yeah. You, you know that what's happening is something more than what you're seeing. And then we get a lot of the, like I mentioned, these like kind of whirlwind shots of Jennifer Lawrence moving through the rooms of the house. Like, mm-hmm. what the hell is going on? Yeah. Please stop. And no one listening to her. Right. And 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 there there's a, a running not a running gag I shouldn't say that but there's a, a, a yeah the sink a, the, the whole thing with the yeah. sink mm-hmm. that sink isn't braced yet at, mm-hmm. at first we see Javier Bardem leaning up against it and she tells him to be careful and now these people are like every time she goes back into the kitchen some some new people are sitting on the on the countertop and mm-hmm. she's telling them politely at first to please you know uh, uh-huh. get off until finally these people. Um, what ends this first segment is these two people are sitting there and they're like deliberately rocking the sink back and forth. They're like, look, it's fine. Exactly. And they're jumping and bouncing on it. Yep. And they're, and they're kind of mocking her and telling her to shut up. And, yeah. And this is after she just came back downstairs when that one dude was in there with a woman in... in they were going to have sex in their bedroom. Yes. And and she tells him, uh, this is our room. And he, he goes, goes, oh, it's your room? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'll only be a minute. Yeah. I mean, oh, oh God, that's God, disgusting. It's so <laughs> gross. And fi- and then, and then, yeah. Uh, and at first he hits on her. <laughs> like he wants God. to do her. He, he's like, it's when Javier's making that, that, that grief speech. He's just like oh, eyeing God. her from he the side. that champagne or yeah. whatever. And he's sort of sidling up oh. and really being a creep. God. And, <laughs> and then finally those people do bust the sink. 
Yeah, it's very good. Yes. Uh, the, you see the pipe like come out of the wall and water spraying everywhere. And this is when she loses her shit and yep. tells everyone to get out. Yeah. She's yelling, get the fuck out of my house. Right. And uh, everyone leaves. Javier gets everyone out. And he's like, they needed someone. They needed somewhere to go tonight. And Jennifer Lawrence is like, well, what about what I need? Yes, you know? yes. I'm your wife. <laughs> he is the most frustrating movie character I've seen in yeah, a long time. Yeah. And then she says, you know, it's always about you and your work. It's never about me or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And she says, you talk about wanting kids, but you won't even fuck me. <laughs> and and then they, and then he's like, oh yeah. And then they fuck. <laughs> yeah, because he like he, he all of a sudden assumes male aggression. He kind of realizes, okay, maybe yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. I should be more attentive to this. Yeah, and he he does, and she enjoys it. And yeah, it's not like a long sex scene. It just shows him and starting to you know kiss and stuff, and then getting into it, and and then it cuts to the next morning, and she's like, I'm pregnant. Right, and this starts the next part of the movie. And and even before like like so, and before they they kind of get after it there in, on the stairway. I think Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer and maybe a couple other people had made comments about the age difference between Javier and Jennifer. Yeah, I I, I made a note about that. Okay. Right when the movie started, Me, before yes. they even mentioned it Me in the too. film. I'm like, dude, he is twice her age. I know. Dude. I know. And, and, I, and I was he like... He still is just as good looking. Of course, man. he's handsome as hell. It's he's Javier, Javier Bardem. Bardem. Oh my God. You know? <laughs> Uh, he's he's dreamy as fuck. His but name is handsomer <laughs> than me and you. That shit, dude. It's crazy. <laughs> we, we couldn't like scale the heights of of this handsomeness. But like, but but it is definitely like something. I was so glad that they that they called attention to it. And it's brought up a lot. Yes. in the movie because it's the same thing in every Tom Cruise movie where he's with someone who's thirty five and he's in his fifties. You know, like it it needs to be addressed because it's the same thing. You know, even I guess. Well, Aronofsky and Jennifer Lawrence, also yeah. 20 years apart. Yeah. You know, uh, and I, I was glad that they actually called attention to it. Um, Is there some kind of s- secondary meaning thing here because of the age difference? Oh, like, absolutely. I, I can't put my finger on it, though. But, like, at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. the fire happens and Jennifer Lawrence burns up. Yeah. It, it's what we saw at the beginning, I guess. Right. And it's it restarts the whole thing. It right. Just, I guess it's a cycle. And... Another woman is in the bed instead yeah. of Jennifer Lawrence. Like, it does do these different women just keep going through this thing? He keeps aging and the women are the same age? Or is it something like that? So Aronofsky said this was about climate change. Uh-huh. We're saying it's more of a biblical allegory. You could also argue that it's just about um, the... As we, as we, as I touched on before, the arrested adolescence of a male artist. Yeah, um, we we see it all the time. Like Woody it, Allen, any, Woody Allen, complete. I mean, like you want to you want to throw up in your mouth. Go watch <laughs> Husbands and Wives from 1992 and watch him <laughs> trying to win the affections of Juliette Lewis. Yeah, this guy, he's not okay. He's not even handsome, Javier Bardem. He's Woody Allen, yeah. and he's he's easily 60 years old if he's a day, mm-hmm. and he's going after a teenager. And we're supposed to sympathize with this man. Yep. So, so, so they've been blessed with, with, with the ability to create art, but they don't know how to relate to other humans. And part of that relating to other humans is actually figuring out that, you know, could I actually match wits with a woman my own age? Could, could I, you know, um, actually like make someone, could, could I make Michelle Pfeiffer happy as, as, you know, 61 year old Ed Harris? Mm-hmm. Um, no, you can't, obviously you don't have that in you. So you have to prey upon someone who would probably notice you more for your work than your attractiveness mm-hmm. so she's gonna fall in love with these poems that he writ- he wrote uh rather than the man himself yeah and i i, I guess you know <laughs> props to darren for for like revealing that truth about himself in some ways whether he knew he was doing it or not right you know man um i like this movie do you yeah. like this movie i, I love i like this movie quite a bit yeah. yeah um okay so let's keep moving uh-huh now now they're pregnant and he gets inspired by this he like gets up out of bed. You see his butt cheeks and everything. He's like, "I need a pen. I need a pen. I need a pen." And he's he's fully inspired. Yeah, I got the words. I just need to write them down. I just need to figure out how to write it. Right. And uh, he says it's because of the the couple that came over and all the things that happened with them, and then her be and the baby. Like he just got hit with this spark. So she has inspired this in him. Right. Like, okay, so she's creating a life inside of her, but she's also created this inside of him, which is what he's been wanting this whole time, I'm sure. She's a true muse. She, she's the reason he, she's there. That's mm-hmm. the reason she's there. Yep. Um, and then time passes. We see her baby. She has a baby bump now. Mm-hmm. And 
I don't know if you noticed this, but the moment the baby kicks her in the stomach for the first time, like yes. the baby moves and she feels it, it's the exact same moment he finishes his book. Yeah. Um, not sure what it means. I haven't thought about it, but pretty significant, I'm sure. Oh, of course. And then he lets her read it, and she says it's perfect. It's the best thing he's ever written. Yes. It's in. It's amazing. This is a work of art for the ages. <laughs> she doesn't go that far into it, but that's what it's implied. That's exactly. This is the best thing written ever. Yeah. And then, so she was like the first one to read this, right? And then the phone call happens, and it turns out the publisher loves it too. And this is another, where, where the surreality starts coming in again. Uh-huh. It's like, wait, your publisher read it? He just finished this literally seconds ago. And then she read it, but the publishers have already read it, and they love it. It's such a weird little thing. Is it as simple as he's lying to her? You know, I don't think so. Okay, I think it's this weird kind of time, Earth, some okay, weird crap. Hap- like I can't even express it. Okay, I haven't thought about how I'm gonna say this. Yet. Okay, <laughs> I have the words. I just need to put it out there, Dave. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I wish I was Javier Bardem. <laughs> no, but it's. I think it's just something to do with this whole weird cyclical thing that's happening. Like, everything's happening at the same time, but not. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Right. It's so strange. Yeah, no, that's that's an interesting thing about, like, every, it, it's kind of the idea of, like, can can God be everywhere at once? Or you Yeah, know. it's this omnipresent thing. Yeah. And how time is not a linear thing. It's right. all happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. It, just this weird concept. And because she herself is not godlike or isn't divine, you know, she could never, I guess, comprehend the the uh, the, the ability to to have like she can't match up those timelines because you know she doesn't understand what, yeah, what God and does. Because she even says your your publishers have read it. Yeah, and he goes, of course, like no, like yeah. it's nothing, like it's nothing, like right. yeah, right. of course they did. But it's just a weird. You know, the time is off with this. Well, I, I, I have one other interpretation of this passage. Okay. And, and it's, it's, it's more along the same lines as what, what I've been talking about, where I'm, I'm just, I, I'm finding myself hypercritical and hyper, you know, um, I guess, aware of, of the male artist in general uh-huh. and, and what they represent. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, he, he, he's standing out on the porch with the finished work in his hand when she comes to him. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder if he had already like told his publisher, you know, what the deal was, faxed them over, you know, or emailed them over the the the, the copy, and now he's sort of dramatically pretending that that he's just that he's just birthed the, the, this work of art. He could and, be, yeah, you know, and and you're the first to see it because you're the the, the love of my life, and then he forgets himself and and realize, you know, <laughs> the, the, when the publisher calls, it could be as simple as that. Okay, <laughs> okay, but man, <laughs> it's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you you said you have things to criticize with the film. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about that? Okay, Do you have sure. anything? Well, um, the 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 main things to criticize are things that happen later. Okay. Um, but I I, I think during that, the children of men sequence. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> because and we're almost there right now. So yeah, we're getting there. You know, and and the whole second half of this movie is yes, is this right? Uh, okay. so well, yeah, let's go. Okay, let's, let's do go it. There. So, so after, after this, this, this interaction, we, um, we, we, we get like the, kind of the, the, the third act of the movie wherein they're having a celebratory dinner that looks really good. Like mm-hmm. Jennifer Lawrence has, has put on a new dress and she's kind of made up and she looks like she's going for an evening, a really yeah. romantic evening. She also looks like she's ready to burst. Yes. She's very, very like, uh, like obviously pregnant in this yeah, scene. She's, nine months she's at nine months. Right. And Javier, you know, walks in, you know, uh, just like really, he's looking great. He's got like a dinner jacket on mm-hmm. and he's, he's also, I guess, really grateful for, for having, you know, finished this work. And then, and also really great. It seems like he's really, he's really appreciative of Jennifer's efforts. Mm-hmm. And then, um, there's a knock at the door and mm-hmm. what happened before with all those people rushing in, you know, happens again, only in an extreme, yeah. uh, because they've got these fans that they're all visiting adoring fans and they've gotten wind that he's put out a new work and they've sold every copy in the first day. Exactly. That's what it's this day. I think that's what they're celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, every it, it's kind of like the reveal about the pregnancy. It happens like right after they have sex. This is the thing where like it's a day later, and and there, there's special mention made of, and every copy sold the same day. Congratulations! Mm-hmm. Yeah, first you know, day, every copy gone. Yes, they all just flew off the shelves, and they're all here to pay homage. Mm-hmm. And 
because he is an insecure little boy, he can't tell them I'm with my wife right now. Um, I'll, I'll yeah. see you at a convention. Uh, right. You know, I'll see you in San Diego, 2018, whatevs. <laughs> see a Comic Con. Exactly. Uh, and he starts letting them, you know, giving them the run of the house. Yeah. Hundreds of people come in. It's just like, it's just this army. And and one of them is his publisher, played by Kristen Wiig. She's the <laughs> publisher. She shows up. She's belittling, belittling Jennifer Lawrence. There's hundreds of people here. Uh, it turns into a rave. Like, it, everything. <laughs> full, an actual rave. What, what happens in this last 40 minutes of the movie is it just keeps escalating more and more and getting more extreme more out of control yeah and it goes from one end of just having dinner a couple people show up more people show up it's a horde of people there's a rush into the house there's a gigantic party there's police showing up yeah. there's SWAT teams there's bombs going off People are There's just, a yeah. full-on dystopia. Yeah. There's people getting caged in this dystopian, ruled, new world order. Uh-huh. There's a new messiah. There, it just fucking goes insane to a cult. This movie goes where you will never expect. I did not expect <laughs> Stephen McCaddy to to come in and like be this. He's he's credited as the zealot. Okay. Um, okay. There you go. Now, now I, I, <laughs> I liken him. I guess if we're going for the biblical allegory to like the Apostle Paul, okay, or, you know, or maybe like maybe John the Baptist, just some um, a major prophet who is there mm-hmm. uh, to to tell us of of the the coming of the Messiah. In this case, Javier Bardem. Uh-huh. And throughout the movie, we see these like little uh, book jacket pictures of of Javier uh-huh. um, that that are that are all over the ground and stuff like that. People are leaving them behind, and, and now in, in all the, the the maelstrom and the chaos, the walls are festooned with with like all these little pictures of Javier. All these people have come to worship him. Yes, and they're pinning these things to it's to his office door. Yes, is where it is, which is his inner ha- sanctum. Javier is boarded up his office because of the intrusion from Ed Harris earlier. Right, and. Now they're pinning all these pictures to him, and there's candles, and there's fucking rosary beads and shit hanging everywhere. Uh-huh. This is a shrine to him. I just remembered something. What? Remember when Ed Harris is puking in the bathroom, yes. and Javier is, like, tending to him? Uh-huh. He has that wound in his, his ribs. On his side, yeah. Are they creating Michelle Pfeiffer in there? From the rib bone? Yes, yes. Oh. Holy crap. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Maybe. I, man, that just... Wow. And... It could be, Dave. Okay. That's fucking cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> and there's also a part earlier when Jennifer Lawrence sees a, like a heart in the toilet. Yes. And yes. It like pumps blood and then go like goes man like it, it fades scuttle, out. It scuttles down the toilet. Yeah. So weird. It and and throughout the movie too we we, we get like the, this kind of she has this uh, this vision like Superman vision she where like, she sees yeah. the like the beating heart in of the, the walls. House. Yeah. She like touches the house and sees a heart beating or or even a fetus or something yeah. you know and the you heart can't is getting, tell exactly what it is exactly and it's getting more and more damaged and kind of desiccated as it uh-huh. goes so you know like i, I guess we're, we're to believe that like that this just sort of represents the the um the the dying of the light in some ways yeah. and, and and the the rape of mother nature the pillaging of 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 our planet really mm-hmm. and and at the very end of the movie when when it burns back down like he takes her heart and it becomes the crystal that's right and then he places that on the thing again, and it starts over. Yeah. Uh, so, like, is is she sensing her own, like, heart in the house? Because she's put her whole entire self into the house. I think so, yeah. Something like that, and it's mm-hmm. being destroyed, and she can sense it. Right, right, definitely. Lots of stuff here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, stuff that's here. right. <laughs> um, but anyway, this... This whole place goes to shit. Yeah. And Jennifer Lawrence is like having these pains, like labor pains while it's going down. Yep. She's like trying to escape rocket launchers and the the house is crumbling around them. Like I said before, it's like children of men at the end of the movie when it's being just like, it's fucking insane. She walks into this one room and like th- there, there's people on the ground with bags over their heads tied up and Kristen Wiig is firing upon them she's walking over them and just shooting them in the head yes man. executing them all and then she says six more you know and, and they pull them out of these like mattress frame cages yeah like fucking demolition man it, shit yes this is, this is an underpass in la from demolition man <laughs> and it's happening within a house <laughs> yeah and, and you know wow and it's like as she goes from room to room it, it just gets worse and worse right and she'll go into the same room and it's it's different yes it's worse and even progressed farther than that and there's 
there's like resistance groups and shit. And right. It, it, this is all happening within ten minutes. Like, I mean, I I guess if if the the biblical thing is happening, then then the Garden of Eden is with the start of the movie. Now we're looking at the Book of Revelation. Like the yeah, the, the apocalypse the is happening. Yeah. You know, and it's all like localized within this one you know like country mansion. Mm-hmm. And eventually she gets. Javier Bardem comes and gets her when it looks like things have died down. Yeah. So, like, the the world has ended now. Mm-hmm. He comes and gets her. They go to the office, and she gives birth. No, they, they escape, right? The zealot helps them get yeah. up yes. to his office. Right. And there's, like, still a crowd of people down there. They see him, and they're like, oh, my God, it's the poet. He hasn't right. forsaken us. And right. they start to mob him. Right. And then the zealot helps him get up to the office to <laughs> escape them. And then Javier Bardem and Jennifer Lawrence are in the office by themselves. And the, and the, the, the worshippers are still trying to get in before he barricades the door. Yeah, yeah. And at this point, it's the two of them, and she gives birth to the boy. Yep. And then he wants to take it from her and show them. And she won't let him. Yeah. And it's a, a kind of a standoff, and she's trying not to fall asleep. She knows he's going to take the baby from her. Yep. Which is weird. It's like a weird turn, because we know he's kind of been neglecting her and you know preferring to please the the people out there yes. not her yes for his own selfish gain i guess and she knows this and when he when she won't let him touch the baby he kind of like turns his facial expression is kind of like what yep and he becomes he doesn't become violent or mean or anything but the way he's looking at her is like all right i'll just wait here till you, till i can take it and he just pulls a chair up and sits right in front of her and stares at her. He just has this stoic, you know, like like stare that he's just, you mm-hmm. know, like and, and it's way more even effective that, than than if he were raging around the room. Yeah. He could because he he never blinks. He's just staring at her the whole time and and we see time pass with like the light outside yeah. and her like nursing the child at some point yeah. and then we see her kind of almost nodding off and then realizing that she can't fall asleep. Mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously she is going to fall asleep. Yeah. And, and so she nods off for just a split second, probably a couple seconds after, yep. you know, she realized that the baby's gone. Yep. He's taking it out the door and he he's walking through the crowd with it and the crowd takes it and it's crowd surfing this baby. Here's where my criticism okay. comes out. Okay. We, I, I know that that's a CG child. Yeah. You know, I, I know that the CG or a prop or yes, something. It's a puppet. It's not whatever. a real baby. Right. <laughs> I... I have, I have, we've all been in rooms with... No, with, Dave, with, it's a real baby. Didn't you know that? <laughs> no, I, I know that we did not commit an actual atrocity on the set of an Aronofsky film, but here's my, here's my beef. We have all been in rooms, you have, you know, like, uh, had children yourself, uh-huh. where, where, like, the parents, whenever, whenever you're holding their baby, the parents are always like, oh, make sure you, you know, you crack yeah. their head, uh-huh. you know, like, you have to, like, crook your arm in a certain yeah. way. this is a newborn. Um, we see when, when the baby is being crowd surfed through all the, the, uh, admirers worshipers like, i worshipers, will call them now. yes um like you see that baby's neck break and yeah and and you see it and it's, it's not even like like they cut away from it it you actually it happens and you hear it and what eventually happens is is after the baby's neck is broken the the, the worshipers then consume the the ripped apart flesh of the baby they keep passing the corpse up to this like shrine this altar yes and there's the the zealot Yes. And I guess he's handing out sacrament to people. Like, he's giving... <laughs> everyone is eating pieces of this child. It's the body of Christ, obviously. You know, yeah. we're, we're having communion in the house. Uh-huh. And and we're seeing kind of, I guess, like a, a physical manifestation of what that is. It, when, when the priest puts the wafer in your mouth and says, yeah. body of Christ, you're eating Jesus yeah. is, is what's happening. <laughs> Which is, yeah. is kind of... It, I, I understand the ritual. I know what it was supposed to represent. Right. But it's when you see it in this form, you realize how, how disturbing that really is. Yeah. Um, and Jennifer Lawrence is, is you know, like quite understandably disturbed. Yes. Um, almost to the point of madness. Just like every audience who saw this movie. Just like ourselves. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> um, and that, that I, I thought that the, the um, that and when the violence that befalls her. So at this point, she starts killing yeah. people in the crowd because of this. Right. Uh, she grabs some shattered glass and stabs and kills you know a dozen people. Right. And then they gang up on her and start kicking her in the face. They're tearing her clothes off. They're grabbing her in places. Which, again, the camera lingers on. The camera lingers on it. 
Um, and I and I I don't think that that was necessary. It's a to beating. Show. It's yeah. a beating. Right. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, like you see a woman, somebody just like kicking Jennifer Lawrence in the head, and they're yelling things. They're yelling the c word. Yes. They're yelling all kinds of stuff. Yeah. It's it's pretty extreme. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. It's hard for me to even say. It's just right. very disturbing. It's Darren Aronofsky making you feel stuff you never want to feel. Agreed. And and it's and, him doing his stuff. It's right. what he does. And and I guess like even though I'm criticizing it for maybe being gratuitous, I understand why it's there. Mm-hmm. And I understand why we need to portray those things. I mean, art is supposed to imitate life. And if film is an art, then if film is an art form, then then it would have to reflect all kinds of reality, even the reality that we don't want to acknowledge exists. Yeah. I agree though. It is gratuitous. Yes. It's it's hard to watch this. It is very hard. Uh, did not need to go that far. Nope. Uh, but it did. Right. Yeah. And if and I guess if if Jennifer Lawrence herself was okay with 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 doing this scene, then then it's okay. Um, but I I just I just found myself more uh, wanting it to end because it was like when finally Javier comes in and kind of swarms them and tells them you know get off of my wife uh-huh. you know, uh, wow. They need, oh, God, you're too late. You know, you're way too late. You've been too late for centuries. And then she says we. Then he says, we have to find a way to forgive them. Oh, my Christ. Oh, my God. You know, it, it's just it's just outrageous, you and, know? Yeah. Oh, my God. He, he oh. And then you feel, I think she feels the house beating, the heartbeat again. Mm-hmm. And she screams, and the house, like, cracks open. The floor cracks open, yeah. you know? And she screams, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> Which was such, like, a cathartic moment, actually. Like yeah, I, I I wasn't catharsisized completely, <laughs> but it felt good for her to finally yell something at these people. Right. Um. And then she burns the place to the ground. Man, <laughs> it's pretty much the end. And Javier Bardem comes down in through the ashes as she's all she's a she's a corpse now. Yes, she's still alive, but she's burnt. She looks like Anakin Skywalker at the end of <laughs> yes, episode three. That's right. He's gonna go put her in a Darth Vader suit. <laughs> And, and then that's it. But no, he's carrying her. Uh-huh. He's he's untouched. Yeah, completely. He's not burnt. Nothing. Right. Uh, and he's carrying her. And uh, she says, where are we going? He says, the beginning. And then I think he asks her if he can take her heart. And she says, yes. And he reaches into her chest and pulls out a burnt heart and crumbles it in his hands. And then there's the crystal in his hands. Yes. Which I, I thought was... Kind of a, it's kind of like a callback because when Ed Harris breaks that crystal, he puts it in a bowl and he squeezes that and it's his hands yeah. and the blood comes out and all that. Um, and then he puts the crystal on and it starts over. You see the very beginning of the movie, how the ashes kind of go away and the house becomes fixed again and everything's yeah. good. And now, now there's a different woman who wakes up in the bed. And the woman looks... Alarmingly, like 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 Jennifer Lawrence, um, pretty like, close. You, you see really... her from the back. You're like, oh, oh, he's got that same French braid, and then she she gets up and and like it's it's just this weird like uh, Jennifer Lawrence doppelganger, mm-hmm. and then she just says the same word that 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 opened the film. Yep. Um, and it's noticeably somebody different. Yeah, and then that's the end of the movie, right? And that whole cycle is going to continue. And I I, I guess if we want to interpret that, we'll we'll say that. The book of Revelation will happen. The apocalypse will go down and that won't be the end for God. He will create a new planet and he'll create a new Adam and a new Eve. And mm-hmm. this whole cycle will go through because God's ego is such that, that <laughs> he, he must have admirers and he must let those admirers uh, like completely destroy his creation. Yeah. Great uh, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> this movie's fun. <laughs> It's a fun time. <laughs> Man. <What>? Dude. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't even... I think we've touched everything... I, 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 mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we, 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 we thought we, would, we wouldn't be able to, like, you know, fit everything into the allotted time that we usually have, but we... I, I, I understand why... Like, like I said, I, I totally understand why a lot of people don't care for this movie, you know? Um, well, yeah. Not only because of the violence and stuff like that that's portrayed, but also just because they they didn't go into the movie expecting to be sort of browbeaten by um, these this allegory. I don't think there was a lot of really like no one knew what was 
this was about really. No. No one knew what was really going to happen. You know, it's not like Jurassic World 2 where you're like, oh, I know what's going to happen. Of course. That, you know? Of course. <laughs> it's like, oh, Darren Aronofsky has a movie called Mother, and the trailer looks kind of weird. And there's enigmatic poster art where, where yeah. you see like a, a ceramic Jennifer Lawrence in the one poster yeah. and another one where she looks like a Botticelli or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, you, uh-huh. oh, well, what is this? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you kind of have to know what to expect from Aronofsky with this, but yeah. like... Yeah, he definitely goes in a, a direction you don't expect. Right. Nobody expected this. No, no. And I have a feeling this movie's going to become more praised down the line once more people, once it has time to breathe yeah. and people think about it, you know? It's not going to be you know relegated to some shelf somewhere. No. I think it's going to be discussed forever. Like you said, it's not your favorite or it could be your favorite you thought yes, about? Yes, it, it, I, and, I, and I think what you just said about... Um, now, Pi is still my favorite. Okay. But this is the one that I've been the most engaged with uh-huh. and the most uh, like interested in, especially seeing it again for rewatches. And what you said about how you, you feel like maybe it's, it's it, once the film is let... Once time passes, it's going to like really gain a new audience and yeah. new appreciation. I mm-hmm. I think that that's the gift of us, like like being able to see that right away and go, yeah, okay, everybody's pissed off right now. Um, but... After 20 years passes, now, luckily, we're going to be alive, cross our fingers, in 20 years. <laughs> Hopefully, unless so, the apocalypse happens. <laughs> when some critic uh, is going to have a new analysis of it and, and show us even more, and we're going to like watch it over those ensuing decades and like gain new appreciation for it. I, I think this is, uh, yeah, th- this is a major, is, is major this, work. Is this his masterpiece? It's, it's entirely possible that it is. Yeah. It could be. Holy crap. Yeah. I don't want to watch it again, but <laughs> no, I might in twenty years. Yeah, right. Damn. I am. I, I, I think that that it, it definitely calls for more analysis and and for for more people to see it and for I I am done criticizing the movie going public. I I, yeah. I, I don't I, I don't rate their opinion at all. They, they've been pissing me <laughs> off for nigh on forty years now, and 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 it's it's time for me to just let this go. Yeah, their opinion doesn't matter. Exactly. Dave. It's your exactly. Opinion. That's exactly. If people at the Venice Film Festival or here in the multiplex in St. Louis booed the film upon seeing it, whatever. I don't give a shit. It's <laughs> all about whether or not I enjoy it. Is it, it's 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 I'm appreciating things for myself. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. So, would you recommend the movie, Dave? I would strongly recommend it. Yes. Um, and this is uh, five stars. Wow, five. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's a high mark. I would recommend it too. I think I'm going to give it four. Okay. I don't love it, so I can't give it a five. I think I'll give it a five later. Yeah, How about of that? course. Twenty years from I now, know, you twenty years from now, I'll give it a five. Right. And and before we came in here, I was thinking of three. And after discussing it, I'm like, this really is pretty good. Yeah. And I knew it was good before, but I was like, man, I don't know if I'm feeling that. Yeah, dude. Um, this is a good movie. And I think that that's really one of the one of the uh, the best parts of a of a of a really well constructed movie is it makes you kind of wrestle with and, yourself and that's after what seeing happens. it. I mean, look at Kubrick. Yeah. How hard are his movies to watch? Sometimes. Right. And then you think about it, and you think about it, and you can't let go of it, <laughs> and then you realize it's. One of the best films ever made. Yeah. Like, it's just like, I know. This could be that. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic stuff, dude. <laughs> all right. So that wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe in iTunes, rate it, review it. Most of all, share it. It gets more dudes listening to the dudes. And if you don't use iTunes, you can find us anywhere else. You get a podcast. So look us up there or go to dudesonmovies.com and you can find us right there. Yeah. And we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Look for Dudes on Movies. And our email address is dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Uh-huh. So what is the question of the week, Dave? Uh, the question of the week. This is an easy one, everybody. Uh, it's uh, what is your favorite Darren Aronofsky film? Yep. Just let us know. There you go it's nice and easy you can even look it up yes go ahead. that's right <laughs> look whatever you list. need to do right you don't even have to think <laughs> all right so this request sarah in annapolis yes thank you she hit us up on facebook and uh dudes on demand is going to continue next week it's going to end mm-hmm. sorry folks we'll be back yeah uh, again at some so, point and right? if you got requests keep them coming right maybe we'll do them during the, the year so uh we're going to keep going with 1950s rocket ship xm Directed by Kurt Newman and starring Lloyd Bridges. This request came from Drew on Facebook, so thank you. We're going to end things with a kind of silly note. Yeah, probably so. I haven't seen it. Maybe it's a masterpiece. Who knows? (laughs) Uh, So until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time.